once the world was full of wonders, but it belongs to humans now. We creatures have all but disappeared. Demons, vampires and witches, hiding in plain sight, fearful of discovery, ill at ease even with each other. Welcome to the debut episode of A Discovery of Witches, Demons, and Vampires podcast, a weekly discussion of the television series A Discovery of Witches. This series can be found on Sky in the UK and Sundance or Shudder in the US of A. I'm here to discuss when we recorded this original episode. This was recorded in the summer of 2020 to be released closer to the release date of season two of a discovery of witches television series now that it is going to be released at least in the united states on january 9th of 2021 we've decided to release this episode now but adding it to this new podcast originally it was going to be part of the halloween boutique psychotronic reviews podcast but since we are now going to do a weekly episode on each episode of the television series for season two we've decided to add this as the first episode of this new podcast this first episode is a recap of season one of a discovery of witches with that stated let's get into this episode now and then starting next week generally on either monday or tuesday following the release of each episode of season two of a discovery of witches we will critique and review each episode of the season going forward starting next week so we hope you will join us next week so with that stated let's begin this recap episode of season one of a discovery of witches on the new podcast entitled A Discovery of Witches, Demons, and Vampires podcast. Hello, welcome once again to Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, the podcast. A podcast that is part of the Dark Discussions Network of Podcasts, a spinoff of the Dark Discussions Podcast. Uh, you can find us uh, many places. www.darkdiscussions.com is the website of the Dark Discussions Network of Podcasts, and we will be found there. Also, you can find us uh, anywhere podcasts are found, such as Stitcher and whatnot, and uh, you can listen to us there you can also listen to us through the dark discussions network of podcast feed which can be found on stitcher and the other regular places and then also since this is a spinoff directly of the titled dark discussion podcast you can find this podcast in that feed as well Uh, you can also go to facebook where the network is dark discussions podcasts 
Facebook group, and we will add you there where you can join the conversation. And you can email us uh, two ways, darkdiscussions at AOL.com, or go to darkdiscussions.com and press the Contact Us link, and it will uh, give you a form to fill out, which is basically essentially an email that will be sent to us. Also, you can follow us on Twitter at darkdiscussion1. I am one of your co-hosts, Philip, from the state of New Hampshire in the U.S. of A., and with me in the state, well, actually, the Commonwealth of Virginia. Hey, this is Barrett. Barrett, how are you, sir? I'm doing well. Excellent. And in the state of Missouri? This is Kevin. Kevin, how are you? I'm here. All right, very well. Uh, Folks who are curious, some listeners always want to know when the podcasts on the network were originally recorded versus the day that they actually listened to it. Uh, We are recording this on November 17th, 2020, which is a a Tuesday. All right, so uh, anything either of you folks want to discuss randomly before we begin? No. Nope. All right, sounds fair. Uh, so uh, we are going to do a topic tonight. And uh, Barrett, what is that topic? We are going to be discussing a discovery of witches. Um, can't remember. Is this a BBC or is it one of their um, their channel? Uh, Sky One, that's it. Um, premiered on sky one anyway uh and it is a supernatural show set in the current time period um i guess you could call it a fantasy drama and it's made up of eight episodes um and it is based on some books a series called the all souls trilogy by deborah harkness uh yes yes that's right um, the series. I have not read the books. Nor have I. Once the world was full of wonders, but it belongs to humans now. We have all but disappeared. Demons, vampires, and witches hiding in plain sight. Professor Claremont, you're a vampire. You're a witch. To determine what's happening to us, we have to understand our beginnings. The book. I've been looking for it for over a century. If we witches had the book of spells, it could change everything. You need to be careful. Is that a threat? No. It's a warning. It's not about the book, is it? It's about her. Forbids interspecies relationships. If you're seriously considering endangering our family, for which? If you do, it'll be war. I don't get to choose who I love. If we were allowed to come together, there'd be fewer problems. Can't you see the danger you're in? I'm not in control of it. If he breaks the rules, he pays the price. Give her to them. We are bound together. The 
series is a uh, British television series, Welsh. Um, so, like you said, Sky uh, Network. It is an interesting international cast. Uh, books are, are actually based uh, off an American author, um, as you mentioned, uh, Deborah Harkness. And um, the series has one season so far, uh, which actually was picked up by um, AMC, Shudder, and all, all of them. Uh, so you can watch it at a couple of spots in the U.S. Uh, and I believe all three of us watched it on uh, the Shudder uh, streaming service. And um, it was announced while we were actually uh, watching the television series uh, about a month or so ago that a season two and season three are um, coming. Season two is supposed to come in Q1 of 2021. And season three has uh, not started production yet, to my knowledge. Or, or if it has, it, it's it's still in production. It's, it's, it's not like season two. All right, so before we get into what the series is about, uh, I guess we can discuss how we heard about it and what we feel about it. So uh, let's start with you, Kevin. Uh, I first heard about it because you told me about it. And... And because of this show, I decided, okay, fine, I'll give the channel Shutter a, a a trial run, and I ended up liking it. And so I'm, I pretty much have a year subscription to it, uh, thanks to this show. And I'm enjoying Shutter too. So if you want to, if you want to get a horror channel, try do do Shutter. Uh, not all the shows are not all the movies or shows are great, but they do have some good ones in there, and some of them are so bad they're good. And uh, but anyway, yeah, I heard about this show because of you, Phil. And I have to admit that while I was watching this, we were also doing Lovecraft Country, and this was a breath of fresh air. All right, very good. Uh, speaking of uh, Shutter, uh, you mentioned a couple of days ago that you you were checking out one of their uh, movies that they were, were playing, uh, Hack o' Lantern. And, oh uh, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, and how did you like that one? I, I seen it. I think it's a pretty good film myself. It's, it's good cheesy. Oh yeah. Film. Well, it's I watched it during the uh, the was it the Joe Bob Briggs show. So oh, yeah. watching his commentary on it was very enjoy was i mean sometimes that well i sometimes the the commentary is better than the movie and uh and especially joe bob you know joe bob doing it and uh you know i like the commentary better than the movie but the movie i mean the movie itself was yeah it was it was low budget and because i'm a big fan of Blade Runner. I recognize the top billing guy. Uh, he was in a very brief scene in Blade Runner, but you know, I recognized him and I knew who he was. So, but it's like nobody else in that movie I've ever seen before. I except maybe the mother, but other than that, I've never seen him before and ever seen again. And there's just parts of that movie where I'm like, what does this have to do with <laughs> The, I mean, for example, they're they're doing the, the the Halloween party scene, and all of a sudden this guy comes out, 
starts talking to the people outside and he does like this five minute comedy routine and thinking what what where this where this come from and turns out you know and because of i was watching it on joe bob briggs he was describing he was explaining that this guy was actually he was a professional comedian and they just had him do uh, a little comedy routine in the movie you know and the guy who actually put together the movie was a was a guy from india and he had really no idea about really what halloween was and so he kind of got bits and pieces here and there and tried to put a halloween movie together because he just remembered that halloween with you know the woman jamie lee curtis uh did so well so he was trying to kind of ride the coattails on that one 10 years after that movie was released uh it was it was kind of a weird story but um but yeah it was a cheesy movie you know acting was okay it's it's worth a a watch once but it's it's nothing special i wouldn't go running out and buying it a right, quick question for you uh and quick answer um the joe bob Briggs show uh how's the commentary work does he just talked over the film as you're watching it or do they have pauses and and like commercial breaks where he speaks or, yeah, or it's, it's it like what happened was is he'll do an introduction to the movie, uh, and then sometimes he'll talk with Darcy, the male girl, about it, and then they'll play the movie, uh, and then about you know about a few, maybe twenty twenty five minutes in, it'll go back to him. He'll make a commentary about a scene that just happened, and then they'll go back to the movie, and he'll do this like two or three times and then at the end of the movie he'll do kind of a wrap up and um maybe mail from darcy you know like people uh, mailing stuff in and darcy will talk about it and that's generally the show and uh how did he and darcy like the film they, they, they must think it's uh, fun if, if she, they chose it she wasn't that uh she didn't seem to be that that fond of it uh, he was, he, he got a kick out of it. It wasn't like out of, uh, four stars, he gave it three. Um, so, I mean, it, it wasn't one, for him, it wasn't a best film ever, um, to, to use an expression of a, of a, of a well-known <laughs> pod, pod, podcast host. Um, but, uh, he, he enjoys it, but it's just, you know, it's not the best film ever. Yeah, right. Very well. Yep, that's a, that's a uh, on Shutter. So uh, yep, Shutter has a lot of good stuff over there, and uh, yeah, and uh, Hackle Lantern is is one of the, the the cheesy good slasher films from yeah yesteryear that they, they have over there. Turns out, uh, uh, the person who uh, put it to, the person I was asking you if you ever reviewed it. It was uh, Mr. Watson of previously previously of horror, horror Corridor who did it. Uh, now the Watsy Horror Show Party. Yeah, what did he think of it? Oh, he loved it. Well, I mean, he he enjoyed it. I don't, I can't remember what his score was, but he he enjoyed it. He he recommended it. All right, very well. All right, so uh, um, back to uh, um, the show itself. That is on Shutter. Uh, yes. Discovery of Witches. Uh, what about you, Bart? Um, I had actually seen this advertised before it was on Shutter. I think it was on BBC America, like months before then yeah that's true 
Um, and I had seen previews for it, and for some reason I just never set it up to record or anything like that. I wanted to see it. It looked interesting, um, but it just you know fell through the cracks. And then you had brought it up and wanted to watch it, so I checked it out then on Shudder, and I really, really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. And like Kevin said, we were watching another show that was not particularly as enjoyable at the same time, so <laughs> it was a good breath of fresh air. Right, very good. Uh, yeah, for myself, um, yeah, I, I didn't even know it existed. Um, and then um, uh, Teresa Palmer uh, is an actress that I usually follow, and uh, I hadn't seen her around, so I, t- I decided to look her up on IMDb to see what was going on, and I saw that she had done this show, and I said, oh, that sounds interesting. So I found it playing on Shutter, and then I suggested it to both Kevin and and Barrett, uh, maybe we should do an episode on it. We had done an episode on the French television series that you find on Netflix called Vampires, and that episode went pretty well, and that series went pretty decent. And uh, so it was something that we've done before, and that show we went in completely blind, and so this show we pretty much went in completely blind as well. And, um, yeah, I'm, I'm both with, with Kevin and Barrett, uh, it's a really, really good show. Um, uh, I'm not usually a fan of dark fantasy, um, and uh, this is most certainly a dark fantasy show. Uh, but um, after seeing this, and and to be honest, True Blood, I used to be a fan of True Blood. Uh, maybe maybe dark fantasy is 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 something that I do have an affinity for, and I, and I don't dislike it as much as I, I originally thought. Um, and, and in Vampires, we, we watched, too, and that, that kind of fit the bill, too, and that was pretty decent. Um, when does so, yeah, I would say, Urban Fantasy? I'm sorry? Urban Fantasy? Is that what they would call it? Yeah, I mean, they, yeah, they, they have to change dark fantasy, urban fantasy. Supernatural fantasy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, mystical realism. Yeah, all those terms. Um it's basically me, where creatures and monsters exist in the real world and either and they're not necessarily a dangerous threat but they just exist and yeah um uh, sometimes they're known by everybody to exist and sometimes they they're not known at all to exist and they just exist and and then they have a story around it um so yeah so true blood would be an example of where people know the monsters exist well, this show is an example of, of where people don't know the monsters exist. And in both cases, the monsters aren't necessarily a threat like they would be in a regular horror film. They're more of a threat in the sense that they may have tendencies that are evil but or, or corrupt but uh, aren't necessarily. And I, I guess... That's that's the, the stuff. What dark fantasy, urban fantasy, what, what supernatural fantasy, mystical realism, all that crap um, falls under. Yeah, like this show, Supernatural, right? Yeah, yeah. That's, a, that's there's kind of a lot of overlap, though. You know, you've got supernatural and you've got like magic, and those things have started to overlap a lot more than they used to. So, I think the urban fantasy kind of covers it all. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's that's 
that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah, I, I just never like using the word term urban fantasy because a yeah. lot of this, like, it like, could be rural, uh, right? Yeah, like True <laughs> Blood was was rural as heck. Right? Yeah, exactly. Was, exactly. Yeah, small town Louisiana. So it's, that's why it's I think of, dark fantasy works better. Like you said, it's uh, it's kind of um, more fits the bill than urban fantasy. Yeah, yeah, I I think so. I'd really uh, even rather say modern fantasy, you know, than urban fantasy. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think dark fantasy works because dark, you know, represents the monsters. You know, right? Yep. Uh, the fantasy represents that it's it's fantastical in the sense that the creatures exist, but they're not necessarily a major threat, like. Um, and say uh, Dracula or something. Yeah, like Grimm was a really good example of that too. Yeah, Grimm, exactly. Yeah. Yep. It is uh, one of the most po- popular um, genres or subgenres in the past 20 to 30 years, that's for sure. Yeah. Because it's almost uh, like an offshoot of horror mixed with fantasy. So it's neat. Yeah. It's an yeah. And, I, and I think. When that took over is when when, fans, when horror started dying because it, uh, I mean horror still popular and whatnot but you know horror novels and all that were the big thing in the eighties and early nineties and then they died out and and this this subgenre took over and this one's been holding up pretty well uh, for for a number of years um, so yeah so it appears that we all like the show uh, and I would concur that we were doing a, another podcast on a, on another show that was what I, I personally despised. Um, <laughs> and it's, and, uh, um, yeah, I didn't this, feel that strongly about it, but there were definitely some episodes that I hated and I definitely did not love the show. That's for sure. <laughs> right. And that show was, was a dark fantasy type of show too. And that was yeah. called Lovecraft country uh, on HBO. Um, so, uh, for, oh, for folks who are curious, uh, we, we do another podcast that they, people should check out besides A Travel Guide to Lovecraft Country. Uh, we, we do The Undoing, a therapy session podcast, which is a, a weekly podcast on the television series The Undoing on HBO. Uh, so folks can check us out there, too, if they enjoy us as podcasters. So we're, we're on this There's podcast. fantasy about that one. No. Well, that, it depends on how you look at fantasy, that, but yeah. Yeah, that was okay, that one. See, like this stuff. That's a thriller. That's a thriller. Yeah, yes. but it's very yeah. good. Uh, so the the cast, uh, a couple. Of, I, I'm only going to name three people. I mean, there's a number of people in the cast, but only three people that would be probably recognizable to almost everybody, horror fans or not. Uh, and it's uh, Teresa Palmer, uh, um, who's the lead actress. Uh, she's from Australia. She's been in a number of genre uh, films. Uh, both here and in Europe and in Australia. Um, she uh probably most famous for um, uh, a couple of, a couple of films uh, just from a few years back. Uh, Warm Bodies. Uh, she played the lead actress in that zombie film that was a, a surprise hit and uh, uh, quite a enjoyable uh, movie. 
And then another really good uh, horror film that was a big hit a few years ago as well, uh, Lights Out. Uh, she was the lead actress in that. Um, she also did another uh, horror film called Berlin Syndrome, or it's more of a psychological thriller from 2017. That was uh, a high recommend as well. So uh, horror fans should definitely check those three films out. Um, also, uh, Matthew Good is the lead actor in the in the show. Uh, he's uh, well known for um, a number of things, specifically over the, in the UK. But uh, he did a couple of uh, genre films as well. Uh, he did Stoker, uh, the um, uh, Korean-directed uh, film by um, uh, Chan-wook Park, uh, his first English-language film. Uh, he starred in that. And then a lot of folks, I know uh, Barrett's mentioned it to me a few times, uh, he was in uh, The Watchmen, the movie. Uh, and he played what? What character was that, Barrett? Adrian. Uh, he was the. I don't want to say what the story's about, but yeah, he was one of the main characters. Right. right. I was just wondering uh, the name of the, what character he played. His uh, name is Adrian. What? In that, um, I'm trying to think of what his, uh, his other side was. Um, Ozymandias. Ozymandias. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Um, And then uh, the other actor I wanted to bring up, since uh, he's pretty well known, especially over in the UK, but uh, he became pretty popular uh, because of Game of Thrones, and that would be Owen Teal. Owen Teal played uh, the character Sir Alistair Thorne in uh, Game of Thrones. Uh, Folks who are familiar with Game of Thrones, uh, Alistair Thorne, uh, if they forget. Uh, the character it was the, the character, uh, the head of the Night's Watch, uh, prior to Jon Snow becoming the head. Uh, well, not the head, but but he was the assistant, and then uh, Jon Snow became the head after, and uh, he was one of the, the great villains. And or, or I, I would say, a lot of people call him a villain, but I, I would say he was uh, gray, very gray, because uh, I didn't think he was a true villain in the sense. Uh, but he was awesome in that, in that, that show. Um, I want to bring up another, at least there's at least two other actors of note. Um, Alex Kingston, she played River Song in the Doctor Who um, series and still occasionally plays that role. Um, so she's pretty recognizable, especially for any Doctor Who fan. And then there's an older actress, uh, Lindsay Duncan. She's I've seen her a lot in other stuff. I can't think of particularly where, but she's a very familiar face. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. That there's a um a lot a lot of uh well known character actors, especially folks who are from uh England, I would know for sure. Um oddly, uh the lead actress is Australian and she plays an American even though she's Australian in real life, so she does the, the fake American accent quite well. Um, and then uh, most of the other cast are uh, British, whether Welsh, English, or Scottish. Uh, there is one Finnish actress as well um, that uh, plays actually a Finnish person in the, in the series. Um, and we'll, we'll discuss her as we get closer to uh, uh, I guess um, the plot, but uh, she is Malin Buska is is the name of the, the actress. Um, all right, so uh, I guess we can uh, get into 
our our uh, discussion. But before we do, uh, does anybody have a wiki? Anyone? Otherwise, I can I can read something. Uh, hang on a second. I have. Uh, let's see here. I have IMDb. So okay. Uh, wiki wiki. Uh, wiki wiki. Wiki wiki. Anyway, that sounded terrible. <laughs> Okay, Dana, Diana Bishop, historian and witch, accesses Ashmole 782 and knows she must solve its mysteries. She is offered help by the enigmatic Matthew Claremont, but he's a vampire, and witches should never trust vampires. Yeah, that's, that pretty much sums it up. Uh, that that um, actually somewhat concerned me when uh, I went in. I mean, I went in blind in the sense that um, I didn't watch the trailer or read much about the series, but I did read a little bit to see if it was truly a horror, you know, you know had monsters and stuff in it, and, and yeah, it definitely sounded dark fantasy to me. Uh, so I was a little worried, but uh, as, we, as we discussed here, the cast seemed pretty good, and Teresa Palmer is awesome, and uh, I wanted to check uh, her series out and then um you know and then when you see matthew good uh that's always a a, a good sign no pun intended uh, <laughs> because he's, he's he's a he's a pretty solid actor as well it's, it's actually surprising that that he hasn't become a leading man in hollywood um because not only does he have a good charisma but but, he, but he's a fantastic actor as well um but it just shows you Teresa palmer and, and matthew good are are great um, talents, and yet they're huge in other countries, but they just aren't over here, which is it's just kind of interesting. Even though they both have had leading roles in the past in the United States, it's it's a strange phenomenon. Some, uh, they have really good chemistry in this too. They do, they do. Um, all right, so uh, we're gonna spoil everything. Um, because we're going to critique and review and discuss major topics and, and, and general topics to the plot, um, because it's really, really a discussion of the entire series, uh, the first eight episodes, meaning season one. Uh, so this this two-hour two or so episode of this podcast will discuss basically the entire season one. So we're, we're going to hit a lot of major points as, as well as some uh, interesting things that some of us may want to bring up. Um, the first thing I wanted to bring up uh, is, um, as, as Kevin read in the IMDb, uh, witches and vampires, but there's also an, another supernatural being as well, demons. So there's three types of supernatural beings that live among humans that don't like each other, and yet they're scared to be known to humans as well because they don't trust the humans either. So, so there's no trust among anybody. Uh, the humans are probably the luckiest because they're the majority and they also don't know that others exist. So, Well, there's really four factions, aren't there? There's humans, then there's witches who are an offshoot of the humans, wouldn't you say? Because they have yeah. their own bloodlines. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that's, that's true. That's true. But... but and that's what I mean. There's four, there's four groups. So there's the witches, the vampires, the demons, and the humans. And the humans are, are generally uninvolved. Uh, they're yeah. similar to you. Basically, what I called this show when we were talking offline uh, a month or so ago, it felt like 
Um, and I may say it to both of you, but I, I know I said it to one of you. Uh, it felt like the mafia, where there's yeah. three mafia groups, not necessarily evil like mafia groups, but but three groups that are kind of hidden from the general population, and humans are quote unquote civilians, and so are basically ignored during their the wars between these three groups. Uh, but the thing I want to bring up because uh, Kevin mentioned this offline to me, uh, demons. Um, he, he was worried about the terminology of demons being a um, wasn't worried. Uh, it was well, uh, right. I, I apologize for for misquoting you. <laughs> um, but um, I think I think you're you're mistaken because I did some research on demons before we did the episode, and I think you're mistaken the the Christianity Judeo Christian. Uh, uh, version of demons with the the Greek mythology demon, um, mm-hmm. and, the, and this is what it says about the Greek mythology demon. And uh, in ancient Greek, uh, demons denote a spirit or divine power, much like the Latin genus or pneuman. Demon most likely came from the Greek verb del dice to divide or distribute. The Greek conception of a demon notably appears in the work of. Plato, where it describes divine inspiration of Socrates. The original Greek word demon does not carry the negative connotation initially understood by implementation of the coin, uh, demonian, and later ascribed to any cognitive word sharing the root. The Greek terms do not have any connotations of evil or malevolence. In fact, uh, eudemonia literally good-spiritedness, means happiness. By the early Roman Empire, cult statues were seen by pagans and their Christian neighbors alike as inhabited by the numerous presences of gods. And the pagans, Christians, still sensed and saw the gods and their power and as something they had to assume lay behind it. They assumed that these pagan uh, gods and statues were demons or, in other words, the, tr- uh, the trope of Satan. Uh, so, I, I think this show is representing the demons of the Greek mythology, similar to um, witches are more like Celtic druids, and, and rather than or, or, or wicker people, rather than evil witches and vampires, though drinking blood and, and whatnot are I do have a um, a conscience. And know what is right and wrong, and how to try to go around uh, feeding on humans. And so, so I think that that is where the, I think you're mer- you may have misinterpreted what demon meant in this TV show compared to what it means in um, uh, modern Judeo-Christianity. Yeah, I mean, I mean, at first it bothered me, but then after a while, I'm just like, oh, hang it. It's it's a good, it's a fun show. Just suck it up and deal with it and just move on. Um, I just figured that, okay, fine. Demon is not not the type of demon that I'm familiar with. And, okay, that came out wrong. Uh, the type <laughs> of demon, the, the demon is not the, the concept is... Uh, that not the one that you know I read about in my Bible, um, you know it's just a it's just a, a mystical creature, and we don't even know what they're capable of, right? I mean, we've well, never, they, they run, haven't even shown anything. <laughs> they run 
fast, and I think one woman has the ability to like see visions or something. But I mean, other than that, I'm just I'm thinking to myself, what what is their what? Yeah, exactly. Like, How do they even have power in this in this thing? Even they, is well, what they, I've been wondering. <laughs> well, I'm sitting there thinking, do they have power? I mean. And the thing is, is that it's interesting because, like Phil mentioned, that the three factions don't like each other, where, in fact, really, the uh, the, the vampires and the demons seem to get along okay. I mean, one of, um, uh, I, I forgot the guy's, Matthew Good's character, one of his best friends is a demon. And he's, like, one of the only people right. that he'll actually talk to as a friend where the other vampires, he talks to them more as coworkers, you know, or just, yeah. And not, he's not close to them where he's, he's on good terms, good friendly terms with this demon. And so it's really the, the witches that, that, that have had problems with the other, with the other factions. And it's also interesting because if you, when you go through the show, the demons even stay separate, like for some reason, and they're not really clear why, but demons were not allowed to congregate. And that was part of the thing with this, this small family where this guy is trying to meet up with other demons and people are like, oh, don't do that. Don't do that. He's like, but why? And they never really answer. It's just because we're not supposed to. Why? You know, so that might be answered later, I hope. Right, right. Um, so, so yeah, to just set up the series, um, because now we, we, we explain that there's, there's the three groups of of creatures or, or individuals or, or, or whatever you want to call them, supernatural beings, um, or, or at least have supernatural powers anyway. Um, basically, um, the, Teresa Palmer's character is, is named Diana Bishop. Uh, she's a PhD in... Uh, and historian in a witch, uh, not witch. Um, uh, well, she alchemy, is a witch. Alchemy. Yeah, she is a witch. But but I'm talking <laughs> about her degree. Her PhD yeah. is in is in alchemy and science and things of that nature. So so I guess mythology, folklore, that type of stuff. Um, and she's well liked in her field. She's just beginning to become somewhat popular uh, based off of some writings she has done. And so she's been invited over to Oxford, uh, the university, uh, to do as a guest um, lecturer. And then she's offered a position as a um, professor there. And, uh, of course, that's exciting because if, if you can become a professor – at the probably the most prestigious university in the entire world. Never mind. Don't tell uh, that to the people. Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> um, then, then you know that's 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 a, a huge accomplishment. Uh, so she's excited, and uh, also we discover that she is a witch, but um, she's trying to be as normal and human as she possibly can. Where she's not necessarily embarrassed about her her family heritage and and whatnot it, it's just that she wants to avoid uh what happened to we discover later to her parents um which well, is she feels parents. like she doesn't have any power right i mean she's not a, she's not shown any for 
a long yeah, period well, of time that well, when she can remember as far as well, that's she, concerned. Well, well, that, that she knows she has some power, but she doesn't really know how to control it because, yeah. as we see in the first episode, right when she drops all the papers and they're about to blow away, she has a uh, her power just comes into effect and it puts all the papers back together, um, yep. almost almost like. Uh, um, you know, blinking your eyes or, or your heartbeat. So something that, that isn't intentional, but it's there to help her survive, even if she can't control it. And um, she's always worried that that will slip out and people will notice it. Um, and so, yeah, she's somewhat unfamiliar with what, why she has it, um, except that she's I guess her parents were, were ranking witches, I guess. Um, and then they also died um, and were killed. Um, and we discovered that they were killed years ago when she was younger um, by witches as well. And so so that's, that's an interesting thing is that we're talking about the faction between witches, vampires, and demons. But really what it is, it's, it, the, the, the war isn't between the three. The war is between evil witches and and good witches i mean that's really where the war is and they're the vampires are very sire clannish that's how i want to call it like they they form families around their sires and seem to not like each other as well there's a little bit of faction going on there as well yeah so so it's not even really your clan your group your 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 ethnicity meaning witches demon or vampire it's more um tribal uh where they're they're looking for, it's not tribal it's it's almost political right that's what it is so so certain witches want something and and certain vampire clans will gladly join up with that group of witches uh to further their own deeds i guess um, so, so that's really set up is, is, is Teresa Palmer's character, uh, named, uh, Diana, ha- uh, happens to be in Oxford. She's doing research for one of her lectures or books or whatnot. And this is when this book that, uh, you mentioned in the IMDB, Kevin, called Ash Mole 782, um, she requests it. And uh, the librarian gives it to her, and everybody, meaning all the other supernatural beings, are shocked, and, because, and they feel the presence of the book, because no one is allowed, no one has been able to ever request a book, because the book's never been able to be found in the library at Oxford, but it, it was found for her. Yeah, it's and, been missing for many, many years, centuries. Right. It sounds like. Right. So certain people who figure out that Diana was the person that was able to request this book that may have the history of these supernatural beings and therefore break some sort of, um, I don't know, uh, bridge to another level of of existence or or better themselves or whatever, uh, Diana has been able to get this book. She doesn't know really much what it meant she returns it and now everybody is interested in her as much as this book because if she has the power to retrieve a book that basically doesn't exist 
except for her, for her, meaning the book has a magical spell where it won't appear except for a certain person to see it, and that person happens to be her, and that's the book everybody wants. She suddenly becomes, um, I guess, a target for various factions within the supernatural communities. Well, and the the witches, the witches that want it, want it because they could possibly get rid of vampires. Right, and vampires want it because it will be able to help them figure out how to sire. Yeah, because they're they're starting to not be able to sire anymore. Right, and therefore fade eventually fade out if if. Uh, they ever get killed, they, they can't replace themselves. Um, and then this is where you came in, Kevin, where you said, demons, yeah, we don't really know what they want. And what, what they're, they're kind of, it's, they're just there, right? I mean, we just don't know enough about them yet in the series. Right, right. Yeah, so... I'm hoping in uh, season so yeah. two we get more of them. Yeah, to figure out what's, what's going on with them. Um... Now, uh, the monsters all appear human pretty much all the time, with the vampires being the only one that kind of may look a little humanoid when they begin to, you know, feed. But otherwise, all three of them don't really represent the the, uh, um, stereotypical vampire, witch, or demon that we would know from folklore, mythology, or religion, for that matter. Um, and I thought that that was kind of interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's pretty much the premise right there, right? Uh, Diana yeah. has access to a book that no one else can, and so she becomes the target of all these groups. And not only demons and and vampires, but even her own uh, group, which is witches. Well, and one of the other things is the um, the book starts showing up on her skin, doesn't it? Yeah, when she, she touched when she gets it. it. Yeah, she touched it or whatever, and like some sort of power was gone from the book. It looked like a hot air balloon at, at first, but I mean, like she touched it and it kind of burned into her skin and then later on it left but then didn't doesn't she see that symbol in her skin in her hand later i think so yeah it's been a while since i saw the saw the series and if if i wasn't busy i would have watched the series watched the first uh season again but yeah same here i'm pretty sure you're right though i seem to remember her seeing that later on yeah, and so it was. I mean, it, it's funny because, you know, she 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 gets the book, and she doesn't even think about it much. And I I think there's even stuff where I can't remember. She mentioned there were pages. Yeah, she even mentioned there were pages missing. Um, and you know, she was making notes in her in her laptop, and then you know. I think the the lights started flickering and things like that, and everybody's kind of looking around like, what's going on? And then, like, the entire spirit, you know, the entire uh, supernatural community gets alerted. You know, it's like they all they all somehow knew. And so, she, yeah, like Phil was saying, she became very popular all of a sudden. 
Right, and and she's actually kind of surprised because she, uh, at that point she had never known vampires existed. Never oh no, she knew about them. She knew she knew about them because I mean she was raised. But, but she never met them. Is what I yeah. Mean. She, she had she, never she, met she, them at that point. She's never Did met them. She just kind of knew that yeah they're there and yeah I'm not supposed to deal with them. Yeah, they they exist to her like you know dinosaurs exist to you uh, to us. Like, you know, like, like we know they existed, but you know we've never seen them. We don't, you know, we just know what we've read about them or whatever. And so when she meets um, her first vampire, um, and that vampire's name is Matthew Clermont, um, played by Matthew Good, uh, a French, um, a Frenchman who uh, actually is a professor at Oxford. Um, she actually is scared of him because she has read uh, basically what all the witch uh, historical books discuss, that vampires are dangerous and evil and you should avoid them at all costs. And more like uh, propaganda, but yeah. More like what? Propaganda. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, that's, that's exactly what she finds out based off of um, her eventual, uh, and, well, it, we, we kind of know that that's the thing that's interesting is that most of the film, the show is, is in Teresa Palmer's perspective, Deanna's perspective, but a good 30% is in Matthew Clermont's perspective as well. So we already kind of know that he isn't necessarily evil, though they do make him mysterious and dangerous appearing for the first three to four episodes. And then by the th- time we hit the third or fourth episode, when Teresa Palmer, I mean Diana, and and uh, Matthew uh, start associating with each other, we find out basically what she finds out, which is what you just said, Kevin, that what she's read about vampires is is, is propaganda, or it has its 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 thing lo- located back in history. Something happened that caused this animosity. Right. Right. That, that's a fair point. Yeah. So, so it's something like, uh, um, typical things between ethnicities, uh, that have something happened, you know, years ago and, and it travels through generations where the, the group still are not too fond of each other. So, like Japan and China or Ireland and English or Norwegians and Swedes or everybody in Germany, you know, so well, and the vampires are old enough, the vampires are old enough to remember what happened and the humans aren't. So they just have it through their history. That's exactly right. Right. Because that's the thing is that the vampires are basically immortal. I mean, they can be killed, but they, they don't naturally die of age, just like their mythology is in, in, in you know, Dracula and whatnot. Uh, while the witches die basically the same way as humans. And demons, we, we still don't know enough about them to really know. Um, so it's, it's almost like what I, I kind of felt like it was similar to um, – Elves and humans in the middle Middle Earth, where you know Ar- Aragon was human, and he married that elf woman, you know, and then he croaks after eighty years or hundred years, hundred fifty years, I think it is, and the elf 
lives another 800 years before she croaks, but she outlives Aragon by, you know, 700 years. And that's the thing here is that the vampires have lived for centuries. And we, we really find that out in the later episodes of this um, season. While the witches just have a lifespan of humanity. And they can be killed a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. Though their, their power is, is, can be incredible, as, as we've seen with uh, the Finnish yeah. vampire. I mean, Finnish witch. And, and Alistair Thorne's guy, one, too. Um, when we do meet her in the first episode, the Finnish witch. Yeah. Well, that's the thing, is that right when... when the book is discovered by Deanna and all the supernatural beings feel the presence of the book. The first thing, one of the first things we, we see is, um, uh, the character of, uh, I'm trying to get his name here. Uh, Peter Knox. Um, he happens to, he, and he's played by the guy that plays, uh, uh Alison Thorne in Game of Thrones. Uh, he, decides to go and find minions that will join up with him um, as almost like enforcers. And uh, that's what he does where he goes to the Finnish chick. And uh, we pretty much find out that Peter Knox and uh, the Finnish uh, witch called Satu are bad right off the bat. I think it's in episode one, we, we figure out they're bad because uh, they, they he doesn't consider the, himself bad, but <laughs> right. But, but, but what happens is we know it, it's set up that they're bad, even if they don't think they're bad, because what yeah. happens is he hires a, a finish, a guide to bring him to this woman in the woods. That's lives like a, um, a recluse. And when they get there, the, the the witch, the Finnish witch, so too, kills that guy, sends him to hell, like in a fire pentagram, and, and he sinks into the ground to who knows where. And Knox seems not to care, and so too obviously doesn't care because she did it. So right there, it kind of sets them up as possible villains. And I, I, I felt that was a good thing in a sense because if they didn't have that scene and set them up as possible villains we would probably think Matthew uh, which which is uh, Matthew Good's character Matthew Claremont would be the villain of the series yeah yep and 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 that's not the case and and they enter uh, as we get into the season too we, we we learn about new villains and this is where you mentioned Barrett that the some of the vampire clans are also we, we discover our villains as well become real bad because villains. they join up with <laughs> yeah they join up with Knox. first of all they're bad anyway yeah because of some of the things they've done but then they join up with Knox and so now you have this witch and vampire uh, conglomerate of evil that are basically trying to get the book um, it's it is kind of interesting how it works and and I don't know what they plan to do because it seems like Knox wants to kill the vampires and yet the vamp- some of the vampire clans are joining up with him because they want to book themselves. So it looks like thief, uh, honor among thieves where they're joining up, but then they're going to 
kill each other <laughs> if they if they win the battle against um, Diana's character. Well, it's, it's interesting like- because he seems he seems pretty bad, but then at, at times he seems somewhat weak too. Like there's people yeah. that are more powerful and have more control than him, and he he looks weak later on in the season. Yeah, well, and also it's interesting too is that uh, Satu seems like her character is 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 getting more powerful as well, and so I'm I'm curious if because she and him. Uh, Knox have had had uh, some issues uh, throughout the season too. That I could see even her be, becoming more powerful than him at one point. You know, maybe yeah, season yeah. two. Now, uh, Kevin, well, especially when she oh. figures out exactly what he's about too, she doesn't seem to totally agree with everything that he's he's doing. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. She, yeah, she's gone off the range, so to speak, a few times. Um, Kevin, you were going to say something? Yeah, sorry. Uh, I was going to say that, uh, well, I mean, with Satu first, um, I mean, sorry, with uh, Knox, you know, he teams up with vampires, and, and I, you you don't know if those vampires understand that he wants to end, that, that Knox wants to end vampires, or they figure, um, because, I mean, if, if I were Knox, and I would be teaming up with people that knew that I was going to try, try to destroy them. I wouldn't trust them at all. I mean, I wouldn't team up with them at all. Uh, unless I, I knew, unless I was sure that they were completely ignorant of my, uh, my motives. So either that, you know, so it could be the, that the vampires were completely ignorant of Knox's motives or Knox thought that they were ignorant and they just figured they'll just team up together. And then when they get the book, they'll just take, take Knox out and um, keep the book for themselves. I think it's a keep your enemies close type of thing. <laughs> I don't think they trust him, but they'll work with him and they have the accord, their covenant or whatever. So everyone's supposed to be restricted by that. Yeah, but it doesn't look like anybody really is. It, it's kind of like they're they're restricted only when it, it apply only when uh, it benefits them. Oh yeah, or they'll they'll break the rules and you know try to get away with it as often as possible. Oh, so <laughs> politics. Um, yeah. But the thing is, is that um, yeah, because it'd be he'll team up with them, but then uh, with the two, she lost a lot of her. I mean, she. I wouldn't say she lost her power, but it's almost like she kind of like a battery, you know, like she, she's, she needs her powers to be recharged because she went through a lot, uh, fighting, um, you know, finding, fighting Dana Bishop. And then finally at the, you know, at one point she's like, I lost my power. I lost my power. But then she, it's obvious she starts, it just starts coming back. So it's one of those, she, she drained her power, but then she just needed to reach, she needs to recharge. But Satu is kind of, first she was, um, devoted to, um, what's his face? Uh, uh, Knox, but then I don't know what it was, but Knox, Knox was, I think a bit of a jerk to her. And she, I think she also realized what he was up to and she's, like Phil said, I, I think it was Phil said that, you know, she kind of becomes a free agent. But, um, yeah, Knox is more of a 
I mean, he he's strong. He, he still has power, you know, as a witch, but he he's he's more powerful politically. You know, his his real power. I mean, if if it was, you know, if if um, Diana Bishop really gets, you know, uh, in control of her power and really has a good understanding of how to use it, you know, Knox would be no match for her. And that might also be something that Knox is afraid of that he realizes that if, you know, if she really, uh, because they, they, they discover stuff about her, about her bloodline, about her genealogy, you know, there, there's stuff about her in, in her DNA that, uh, makes her very, very special. I wouldn't say unique, but pretty close to unique. And, um, you know, so a lot of people, you know, cause I mean, I think there's one point where they even break into the vampire's lab and and steal um steal blood the the data they got on uh on Dana, diana bishop um oh man i'm trying to get back i'm trying to remember all this now um because they realized there's something something special in her blood that was also in her i think also in her parents blood or something like that and they're realizing that something with her that she has a characteristic with one or at least one of her parents. And so that's why her parents were killed all that. It's kind of becoming an, uh, you know, political intrigue too. Um, yeah. So let's, let's talk about, uh, Knox a little bit because that's an excellent point, Kevin, which is he's more of a political person than, a, a magical power person because like, like we, we've noticed even though he is powerful we've noticed that Satu may be, have actually more powers than him without her even knowing it uh, the, the clan vampire from Venice uh, seems to have more power than Knox as well um, even even the head demon um May may have more powers than, than Knox too, but just can't play the political game that Knox plays. So, yeah, Knox Knox is the the true definition of a politician uh, that knows how to pull levers and and move people like marionettes. It seems, but we never really get his motivation for destroying the vampires, aside from that he wants to do it. He hates them. Well, I know, but you would think there'd be more to it than just, hey, I hate them. I want to know what caused him to hate them. <laughs> I don't, well, we don't know there, his motivation. There could, there could be history, or it could be just he sees the vampires as a threat to his political power. Oh, I know it could be a lot of things. I'd just like yeah. to know a little more about his motivations. A little bit more specifics. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, I also um, think that that he, he must. Um, well, was he part of the assassination of Diana's parents? Yes. Because at one, yeah. So because at one time they were, he, she, he was kind of friendly with the parents, and then he pulled uh, a Brutus, right, where he basically takes them out um, to try to gain more power, I guess, or, or whatnot. Or, you know, he doesn't agree with their political beliefs within the supernatural community. So 
what, how do you have them removed the, the most easiest and, and if you're ruthless like Knox is he, he kills them he gets them killed um, which is kind of a betrayal not only to a friend to friends but also to his community uh, because it, it now makes witches um, similar to vampires where they have their own clans now too because they, they can't trust each other anymore um, and that's that's the whole reason why Diana doesn't know much about her powers because we discover her parents have cast a spell upon her when she was a little girl to make it appear that she didn't gain the ma- the witch powers that her parents had. Yeah. So she wouldn't be a threat to other um, witches or, or, or beings and hopefully be ignored. Um, but of course... Uh, she, and she was ignored even by Knox, but of course, the moment she is able to retrieve this book that no one else seems to not be able to retrieve, that's when they find out, or Knox discovers that, okay, there's, there's more to her than we know, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, well, her was, friend betrays her um, oh, and works God. for Knox to get information about her, too. Yes. Yeah, well, yes. she was trying to get ex- that that uh, I can't remember her name, but I she either. Was, she uh, I'm, I'm I'm looking to see if I can find it because uh, that one. Jillian. I think her name is Jillian. She was. Kind of cast aside by everybody. I mean, her even her own witch clan, they really didn't look on her very favorably it's not like they hated her but it was just like she was kind of set aside you know she, you're there we you know you're okay you're one of us but you know we don't really want you to be part of the inner circle or you know we really don't want to include you in a lot of things you know you're 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 not really useful to us so we're just gonna have you know just kind of set you off on set you aside and um I have a feeling she was feeling kind of lonely. And so when, you know, when Diana came, she was trying to get chummy chummy with her, at least so she can have a friend and uh, maybe even get, you know, a little bit more acceptance in the, in the coven. But then uh, later on, you know, when you got Knox asking her to, you know, get information and all that, you know, when you have pretty much that, you know, one of the main witches, uh, coming up to you and saying, "Hey, you know, I want you to do something for me." And you know, she figures, "Oh, if she helps out Knox, then you know, she's really going to get it made." And so that's why she uh, ends up betraying uh, Diana, and it doesn't go well for her, for um, for Gillian, Jillian, because I think it was her that that broke into the lab. Oh yeah, yeah. I think I think you could be right. Well, yeah, that, it was definitely her that broke into the lab. Yeah, it was her, and so that's why you know, because when one thing vampires do in this one, I mean, some of the folklore say they can do this, some and some they can't. But in this particular one, what happens is is that if a vampire like bites the, a person and drinks their blood, he can remember that vampire. Uh, obtain some of their memories 
you know, depending on how much they drink. And in this case, they, you know, uh, I forgot the guy's name. Sorry. Um, Matthew Claremont, he ends up, you know, biting Julian and like he's really just consuming her blood a little, you know, quite a bit, you know, until he until he gets the information, he you know, he wants. So, I mean, it's and, and then he finally, you know, dumps her at some uh, other fellow witch's house and then he just leaves and everybody's like, then uh, the witches are all talking about, oh, oh how uh, how we killed her. And, you know, later on, you know, Matthew just says, no, I didn't kill her. I mean, she's not doing all, she's not doing well, but no, I didn't kill her and she'll live. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and yeah, because that's when um, Diana is still unsure whether or not Matthew has good intentions or not. Um, because, you know, he's still, quote unquote, a vampire, the propaganda of being trained all her life to think vampires are bad because even her her aunt and her aunt's um, white civil partner um, don't. Uh, trust vampires and say to her to stay away from vampires because she basically was, I guess, brought up by her aunt after her parents were, were murdered. Um, well, didn't they accuse the vampires of killing that? They, I thought they accused vampires of. Oh no, wait. Sorry, I was going to say they accused the vampires of killing her her parents, but no, it was uh, um, witches. No, well, I mean they. Russian- it was, it, Ukraine. Was, it was in Ukraine. It was in the Ukraine. They they thought it was just humans that did it, you know, that, that hated witches. But then they found out that they later found out it was witch. But another thing that they uh, found out, though, is, I mean, the history between vampires and witches has not been good because one of the things that uh, Diana's aunt and her, her partner remember was that Matthew's mother is a response is responsible for the death of a lot of witches. Like they that's went right. massive killing spree. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 And that, that was like hundreds of years ago. Um, when there was a big war and, uh, the vampire, all the witches are now dead from old, uh, from, from just normal old age. But, you know, it's all been transcribed that, you know, 400 years ago, this, this vampire woman was part of the brigade that wiped out a bunch of witches um, for whatever reason. And that was Matthew's mother and not mother in birth mother, but mother in, in siring where she bit yeah, him and turned him into a vampire. Yeah, I, I don't no, think uh, so. No, no, it wasn't. I think just sire. Yeah, it was just a sire. Yeah. Um, and then he just becomes a Claremont because then he's adopted into the family, the clan. Um, so, so the, the yeah, so, uh, the, the, uh, what was I saying? So, Matthew, uh, yeah, so that woman that, that betrays Diana, yeah, she, she betrays Diana to get in favor, she's a witch, and she tries to gain favor from Knox by betraying. Uh, Diana and and at first I thought it was just ignorance, but as the season goes by, you kind of figure out that she's just a stinker. All, yeah, all exactly. She just wants to get back in. Yeah, from yeah, she's she kind of on the outside. She wants to be accepted. Yeah, 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 
and and to do, if it has to do with throwing someone under the bus that you're friends with, she she's willing to do it because of the the type of person she is. Yep. Um, so let's talk about the congregation. Congregation is uh, basically a hidden um, group. Uh, basically, it's witches, demons, and vampires. Uh, their political body that tries to keep the peace, right? And so yep. the congregation is where representatives of each group um, meet when you know whatever amount of times a year or whatever, and just to make sure everything stays. Um, peaceful and, and and whatever. So, uh, unfortunately, like real politics, a number of the people that have the power in the congregation, meaning that the ones that are the representatives of the witches, the demons, and the vampires, a number of them are corrupt and evil, uh, which include Knox and uh, the head vampire clan from Venice, and I forget his name, um, so yeah, so there's a lot of um, posturing and, and shenanigans going b- around behind the scenes, uh, behind people's backs, um, unfortunately, because it's 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 almost the congregation is almost like a cold war in a sense, rather than it's peaceful, but you know it's just a sham type of thing. At least that's what I felt. Yeah, and they're trying to get each other into trouble so that they can have them killed or gotten off of the congregation or whatever. There's always plots going on to try and gain an advantage over the other side. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, the one thing that we don't really learn enough about is how how close are the groups to each other, meaning are like there's witches everywhere but it doesn't seem like they know each other that well a lot of them you know they're just they're just there or whatever so they're represented by you know three or four people that go to the congregation that meets in venice and yet those three or four people seem to represent the entire community of witches or vampires or demons and yet it do, it doesn't doesn't feel like they really do. It feels loosely organized. So they might they speak for all witches, but they probably aren't like necessarily the most powerful or whatever. You know, there's probably more powerful ones that don't want to waste their time on that. <laughs> At least yeah. that's the feeling I got. And then, like the one woman, you know, her son, the one that's got the son and the, oh, the daughter-in-law. The yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting as well. Yeah, it's it's really hard to tell what they're trying to do aside from what Knox's motivations are to destroy the vampires. Right. All right. Yeah, and and that that's the interesting thing that you brought up is that the races aren't supposed to mix. Yeah. So right. witches and demons and vampires are not supposed to have uh, physical and sexual relations 
or love or anything like that. And with that, if that happens, that's that's taboo. Um, and yet, at this very moment in time, it appears that two groups uh, or two two sets of people are are doing that. There's a demon and a witch, and then there's a witch and a vampire. And the thing is, is that the demon and the witch that are t- it, what it is is that each generation can switch it seems right it wasn't it like the demon and the witch her mother was a her parents were demons but she's a witch or something and then yeah. she gets pregnant by a demon and then that hasn't happened before or something or something and, and it, I don't know I forget it was how, how it worked but that yeah, that part was a little confusing yeah, and then the other part was obviously uh, Teresa, I mean Diana, and Michael uh, become um, a couple, and everybody's pissed um, because a lot of people don't like Michael because. Well, he, do you get this sense that Michael had something like this happen many centuries ago? Yeah, possibly because they, they kind of intimate it a few times like the demon that he is friends with kind of talks about his past and he, he talks about it a little bit is himself. I don't know. It's like something like this similarly happened to him before. Well, one of the, uh, trying to remember who it's uh, Juliet. Um, I think that's who it was. Um, I think it was Juliet. Uh, the, the, the one woman that, I think she was a vampire, but she was sired and almost bred to be Matthew's girlfriend. Like for some oh, reason. Oh yeah, yeah, the, the one with the curly hair. Yeah. Right, right. You know, and um, you know, for some reason that didn't happen, and she was kind of heart, and she's still heart. I mean, it was. I mean, you want to talk about, you know, old relationships, you know, and people who never got over it. I mean, this was a couple hundred years ago and she still not got, she still hadn't gotten over it. Um, it's kind of, it's kind of weird because it almost sounded like she was bred specifically to seduce Matthew or, you know, get into a relationship with Matthew and all. I don't know if it was to control him or something, but, um, you know, and it didn't, it didn't happen. Matthew didn't want that. Right, right. And then this woman becomes a lieutenant for the, the Venice clan, which are enemies, or, or at least a cold enemy, a Cold War-type enemy to the Claremont clan. Um, yeah, because I, I'm, I'm guessing that she was, since she was spurned by Matthew, she went to the group, the clan that didn't like Matthew, basically. Um, no, I think the group that didn't like Matthew, if I, as I said, sired and like even, if you will, trained her or even bred her to specifically to uh, to, to be Matthew's romantic partner for, for some reason. Oh, maybe to unite the families. 
you know how you have a prince and a I mean a princess and a prince and you and you force them to marry and then two families unite type of thing. Maybe something like that. Maybe. Maybe. Um, I don't know about uniting or just to get in on. I, I agree with Kevin. She was bred to kind of get him. Um, yeah. And I and don't. It didn't work. <laughs> I don't think. And the thing is, it was not. Well, no, it wasn't Knox. It was um, the, like that one vampire guy. Uh, da, 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 I'm trying to remember his name too. Um, Domenico. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah, yeah he's that clan the, head of of that Venice family. Right, and he, I think he did that to like keep Matthew in check or something like that, or the spy. I don't remember what, but it was, it was not some. It was not a favor to Matthew. It wasn't for Matthew's own good. It was there was something else. There, there was uh, a hidden, a hid, hidden reason, and I don't think it was a good one. It could have been like a, as a spy too, right? Uh, right. You know, yeah, you know, like like uh, a lot of countries will, will have a, a woman become a concubine to somebody important from another country, and then they're basically, you know, a spy. You know, they're basically getting information while they're pretending they're they like or in love with the person, and then they leave with all the, the material, and then that person is is arrested for treason. Um, so yeah, it could be something like that too. That's a good point. Um, and also, it seems like uh, the Claremonts family and Matthew aren't well liked by a lot of folk for some reason, and I'm still trying to figure that out. It, it may just be power. It may have nothing to do with Matthew and the Claremonts um, as 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 a family or a clan, but it's more that they're just a threat to the power of other clans or or Knox or or whoever. Well, well they seem more based on loyalty than power as well, like loyalty of the clan rather than, hey, I'm more powerful than you. You're going to do what I want you to do. <laughs> well, I think it's not political power. It's it's more they are a very, very, very old family. And, um, you know, they've been around for, you know, centuries and. So because they've been around for so long, they became powerful. Um, and it just kind of got to the point where, and, I mean, and, and remember, we, we mentioned earlier that, as, as, I mean, I, I can't remember if it was both her and her husband or just her when, you know, she killed a lot. I mean, there were wars. They fought in wars and she killed a lot of witches. So they were seen they most of the time you know matthew's family the claremonts they just wanted to keep to themselves you know for the most part you know they really didn't want to have much to do with it i mean the young one of the the younger matthew's younger brother is on that uh kind of on that uh on that that three families seat you know for you know representing vampires but um he, uh, but it's just him because I think just because the Claremonts are old, that it's almost like the they have to have a a a, a spot on on that council just because they're they're an old family, and you know, um, just they have a legacy about them. Yeah. So people might That's... just not like them because they see them as a threat, even though they really don't want to be. 
even though it's more like they probably would rather be left alone. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that sounds legit. I I, I buy that completely. Yep. Um, and then of course when Claremont, uh, meaning Michael, becomes uh, the boyfriend of Diana, that pisses them off even more. His enemies more because now he is the, the person that is the most closest to the person that can get the book. Yep. Even though his intentions are all honorable and legit, while all their intentions is simply to get the book and the power. You know, he actually um, is in love with uh, Diana and vice versa. So, um, But in so doing, he breaks the rules. One of the rules. One of the which, one of the which cardinal rules, yeah, and yeah, that gets him yeah. in trouble. It actually gets everybody in trouble. Yeah, Kevin, you you were you were gonna go into that? Well, I mean, the there's that. It, it's it's almost. I mean, I, I wouldn't say it's the prime directive. You know, if I, you can use a Star Trek term, but I mean, it's one of those those rules that you just don't break. Um. You know, you're not that that's just one of those. OK, you know, a lot of things can be forgiven and, and bend. you know, you can bend this rule or we'll just ignore that rule. But, you know, cross uh, cross species uh, relationships is I mean, it's taboo. You know, you just don't do it. And uh, this is I mean, as I'm thinking about it, it's starting to re- remind me a little bit of Romeo and Juliet. You know, you got two factions that can't stand each other, and then you got, you know, a man and a woman from both of these factions that, um, you know, that are falling in love when they're not supposed to, and then all of a sudden, and so now it's causing trouble and uh, all that sort of thing. But, uh, yeah, so it's, and at first... Yeah, I mean, there was a really interesting scene, and I really liked the scene where uh, Matthew and Diana are at their their sh- at their chateau. Um, it's the best way I can describe it. They're they're in France. They're in the family castle, pretty much in the family village, um, and the entire village knows that they're vampires. But it's just one of those, you know, we're vampires, but we're good to you, so we have a good relationship, and so whenever. He drives by, you know, a lot of people are waving at him like, oh, hi, hey, oh, hey, they're the, the lord and lady of the, 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 the village are here. OK, great. But then, um, you know, they they have this. It's so um, <laughs> and it the whole thing was kind of it, it was amusing because first Matthew says, all right, you know, he he's starting to have affections for Diana. Diana's starting to have affections for him. They don't really want to admit it. And so they they go to the chateau because he feels that he can keep her safer there because he knows that witches won't try to invade that chateau because if they do, they know it's going to be an all out war. And the witches know this, which is right. They're upset. And then when uh, Diana's aunt and part aunt's partner find out wait you're going where this woman killed witches and you're going to her castle you know they're freaking out 
And meanwhile, the mother sit there looking at us like, you brought a witch here? Are you serious? I mean, the whole thing. But then she becomes very welcoming because, I mean, she'll say, you will be safe if, while you're here. I will not do anything. I mean, she was she's very honorable. She's like, look, you're a guest. I am. I am not going to do anything. You know, you are safe here. You are my guest. That's fine. Even though she's at first, she's not happy about uh, Diana being there. But then at the end, she's actually OK with it. Um, and then they have this scene where it's just after dinner and they're talking and, you know, somebody's playing, you know, somebody puts on a phonograph and, you know, Matthew's dancing with his mother. And then they put on this tango song that I remember from, ironically, the movie True Lies uh, with Arnold Schwarzenegger and. Um, oh, no, I forgot her name. Um, ah, anyway. I mean, this it's going to bother me now. Um, but anyway, it's a tango song. It's it, they, they kind of share a very romantic mo- moment and then they both go outside, uh, Matthew and Diana and they pretty much embrace and kiss and they realize, all right, okay, we, you know, we're breaking the rule, but I don't care. And then later on the vampire Domenico comes in and says, look, we know, don't forget don't forget that rule that cardinal rule and so matthew essentially says okay you know i don't want a war uh i have to break up with you diane is upset and then diana gets kidnapped and that if, if she didn't get kidnapped it probably wouldn't have it, um she didn't get kidnapped uh, matthew probably would have kept his word but after she got kidnapped and then Matthew essentially rescues her. He's like, look, if you're going to, you're going to get kidnapped, even after I bathe the rules, screw the rules, you know, we're, we're together. Right. Right. Yeah. So, the, so they're, they're almost like progressives changing, um, the status quo. Um, because a lot of, a lot of the, the, the reasons, are unexplained, right? I mean, I mean, you can actually look at it in, in, uh, like for example, interracial uh, relationships, or or whatnot, or you know, what, why is it bad that you know a, a black person and a white person are together? You know, in a hundred years ago, people would be upset about that. For but why? You know, and and they're basically you know, and then as the years go by. You, you figure out, yeah, it, it, there is no issue, and and so they're kind of doing the same thing. Where Diana is unwittingly, right? Diana is unwittingly because she's new in the sense that she she wasn't really part of the, any of these community until she pulled the book. Un, yeah, she doesn't know any of the rules. Yeah, unbeknownst to her, she didn't even know that it was an issue. And then, but for uh, Matthew, he's basically saying, "Why not?" What, what, tell me why, you know, because the demon friend of his comes over and tries to say, you know, this isn't good. It doesn't look good. And, and no one has a, a real answer except for prejudices or, 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 or propaganda, uh, or, or whatever. And, 
and whatnot. And then, of course, there's a hidden agenda, too, which is people want to get them away from Matthew, Diana or Matthew split up, because everybody wants to get their talons on Diana because of the book as well. So maybe they're just using these this rule as a way to get Diana away from Matthew, because then she will be easy prey as well. I don't know. And 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 that's 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 what what I feel anyway. But but yeah, I mean, it, it is a good point. It's because did did they ever actually explain why witches and, and demons and vampires can't be together? I don't think they did, right? No. It was like just no. one of those things that, oh, you just aren't supposed to. There's no Same reason. with witches and vampires. You just get this feeling that something happened in the past that caused this rule to be made. Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess part of it is, right, uh, like you guys mentioned um, uh, Diana's um, aunt and, and partner say oh that that Claremont's killed thousands of witches year you know 400 years ago whatever maybe that's enough to make people not want them to be together but it still doesn't explain why they can't be together right i mean and that's the, where you came in um I, th- I think someone mentioned this but maybe maybe i'm just was thinking it myself and 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 it hasn't been spoken of but but it's almost like a romeo and juliet relationship where you know, two two groups just hate each other, and then one member of each group want to get married, and then you know that's that's heresy. That's disgusting. That's terrible. We can't let this happen. So I don't know. Um. All right. What other parts do we want to talk about? What what other things do we want to talk about? Um. What do you think of that scene where the siren scene where it backfires? That was that was crazy shit. He gets hit by the car and all that. I'm trying to remember that scene. Explain it a little more. <laughs> well, there's there's the kid that works with Matthew oh, at the beginning. At, yeah, at the beginning that works. Yeah, with Matthew. yeah. It was the two guy. It was the the vampire and his human friend. They were uh, walking. They're walking away from class, and then, uh, so, you know, they said, "Okay, I'll see you later." And all of a sudden, the the the, the human friend just gets whacked i mean just full-on whacked by the car and the car drives away and so uh the vampire oh right the vampire looks around tries to essentially tries to to save the kid his friend's life and sire him and it looked like it worked at the start but then it actually didn't and that's kind of what brought about some concern because he wasn't able to sire somebody and that was um that was very concerning. Yeah. Yeah, that was a crazy scene. Yeah, and, and that's when we find out the the history of the vampires about how their their sirens don't work and their power is kind of diminishing over the years where um they can't turn folks um you know that are dying into vampires. They just have to let them die and stuff. Um and so, so yeah, so that that was a 
surprised too because I thought actually the human guy was was the one that was going to be the the vampire, and then we didn't find out it's the other way around. It was kind of interesting. Yeah, how they, how they set that up. Um, yeah, I agree. That's exactly what I thought. Like the car wasn't going to affect him, and <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, what's cu- curious about it too is that they uh, they the guy that gets killed the human well the actor that plays him it appears that you know they got him from like a uh, a runway or a modeling catalog or something well the guy that isn't the vampire i mean that is the vampire it, you know looks more standard regular person and so you figure that they were gonna they were casting the model looking guy to be the lead and, and they weren't. It was like almost a trick, and I think that was intentional, but that's just a guess because I haven't read anything about it. Um, so I thought that was curious. Um, what other scenes did we want to talk about that uh, we haven't gone over? Um, well, we haven't gone over uh, the the torture scene. <laughs> yeah, the fin- what the finish Satu does. Yeah, So she's working with the vampire at this point. The one right. who keeps a witch in a box. <laughs> oh, the witch's head, yeah. <laughs> now, I don't think it's just her head. I think it's her whole body, but you can only see her head. No, no, it's just her head. Because he keeps a, the boxes, he keeps the box around. Yeah, it's, it's just the head. I, I, it's I, just the head? Okay. Yeah, I thought, yeah, I I thought it was still attached to the body, but he just kept the head showing, and the rest was just underneath. No, no, I, I read about it too, and, and yeah, it is. It is uh, just a head, and he keeps it alive by giving it blood. Um, oh, and that's why it wants blood. Okay, that makes a little more sense now. Okay, yeah, but yeah. either way, it, it, he he's pretty sick. He keeps that witch in a box, witch head in a box. No, for, yeah, for, an, for hundreds of years too. Yeah, not, as an oracle. Yeah, <laughs> he just wants to get ahead. That's all. So Satu's working with him, and he's not a very nice guy. Um. And Satu goes and captures Diana and takes her to this flying, takes her to this other kind of close by castle and starts to torture her. <laughs> oh, it's, it's brutal, too. It is brutal. Yeah, it's, it's, it's terrible, too, because Diana is such a good soul, you know, and she's getting and she just gets thrown into this for, for no reason. It's like just horrible. Yeah. Well, you kind of get in this, even though Satu is doing all this pretty bad stuff, you start, she starts, her eyes start becoming opened, I think, as she's doing this bad stuff <laughs> to the badness of the people she's working for and with. Don't you feel that a little bit? I do. It, it worries me because, first of all, she's a pretty cool villain. But second of yeah. all, I, I, I'm sick and tired of the, the cliches of where this evil, real evil person uh, suddenly says, gee, what am I doing? It becomes good. In other words, if she was just a member of that clan or that witch group and is misled, that's different than doing what she did and then becoming more enlightened or good, I feel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you know, speaking of Lovecraft Country earlier, you know, we talked about the, the Korean episode in that show and how the lead character just assassinates people for just because of orders and we were all like horrified because it 
was completely out of character and now made us look at his character as, as different. The, 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 the thing here, it's kind of that way. It's like what she does is so horrendous that even if she does turn into a good character in later episodes or later seasons, I hope that doesn't happen because it, it would feel a little cliche, I think. Right, like Cersei could never be redeemed after she killed all those people in that explosion. Cersei. Oh, oh, right. Well, in Game of Thrones. Oh, I see what you've said. Yeah, yeah. She couldn't yeah. really be redeemed. You, She might try to do some good things, but she could never truly be redeemed because of that. You know, I mean, that was a pretty horrific act. And she does some right. other pretty horrific ones, but that one's huge. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's a good point because that was, that was, uh, the point was, was to get revenge on certain characters, but she took out a lot of collateral damage, which was the problem. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It was an awesome scene, though. It was, it was fantastic. Yeah, it was great. And, and she was a great character. <laughs> I fucking loved her. <laughs> yes. Um, but, yeah, yeah. So, I, I, that this 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 uh, finish with Satu, you're right. I felt she was beginning to sour on the people she was working with. But I'm hoping she just sours on Knox and becomes a an evil henchman of the vampire demonian or whatever his name is. Um, because then it would feel more real. I don't know if she'll become his henchman because didn't she destroy the head? She did, but yeah, Yeah. she did. Out of pity. Yeah. Out of pity. Yeah. Yeah. But, but that was before she did the torturing. So, at that point, I was thinking that's where she was going, where she was going to be. Yeah. Right. But then she does the torture scene and she does it without Knox approval. And she's really doing it for the vampire vampire. Yeah. yeah. So I, I don't know. I don't understand her. Her character is a little strange. Like, and while she's doing it, she seems reluctant, kind of. But she has right. no trouble doing it. She just she seems like she doesn't want to do it, but she has no problem doing it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. What was your opinion on that, Kevin? You haven't met, you haven't given your thoughts. I thought that she destroyed the head after she tortured Diana. I was thinking so too, but I couldn't remember. Yeah, she just because that was kind of her. That was one of her, you know, acts of rebellion yeah, and acts. Um, but yeah, cause I mean, the head was an Oracle and I can't remember cause I mean, they were talking about who that, who that head was, who that, witch was, um, or no, that vampire, that's right. Vampire. That's something about that vampire. They, it's like they knew who it was. They mentioned who it was, but I forgot, I, I forgot who it was, but. Um, yeah, so that's when, um, what's her name? Um, excuse me. That's when Satu finds it, destroys it, because I think what happened was, is that after she essentially tortures Diana, she loses her power, you know, her, or more of the point, her power, her, her power is drained. And so she... Um, I think she even goes to Knox, and Knox is kind of like, "Yeah, well, so what?" So I—that's all I got, really, right now. 
sure, sure. Um, yeah, so what, what uh, comes out of all that is Diana is learning how to become power, you know, learning her, her powers. Right. Um, and then she finds out about the spell that her parents uh, had cast on her to make her not know too much about her power. And then she really learns that Knox is, is basically the murderer of the, uh, the head of the witches that murdered her parents. And then she learns an interesting spell that, that basically makes the witches, especially her, the most powerful witch or, or, or supernatural creature of all because she can possibly time... What do they call it? They call, they call it time something like or... Time jump or something. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and she can teleport too, right? Because at one point she teleports yeah. out to the barn. Yeah. Exactly. Well, that was the time jump. It's just it was only like five seconds earlier. Oh, that could be, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, we haven't gone over why they're they're at that house and everything either. Like we didn't talk about the um, oh the council well, they, meeting. Yeah, right, right. So they they flee. Well, what happens is they they decide that Knox and the and Dominos, whatever his name is, um, try to overthrow the head demon, and I forget his name, but either way, he he's, he's best friends with or, or really good friends with Matthew Claremont. And if they taught overthrow him, then they can pretty much put a bounty on the Claremont family, I think. And and uh, and Deanna. Because they they can you know capture her and, and get eventually get the book. Um but that backfires, which I was surprised. I honestly thought he was, I thought he was, he was gonna a die. red shirt. Yeah, I thought he was a yeah. red shirt, to be honest. Because they introduce him, and he's pretty big throughout the series, but not that big. So it looked like a perfect character that they were going to just kill off. you know. Um, but he gets out saved by um, the other demon, right? The other demon says, no, you can't, you can't we have to do a, a vote or something, uh, something. And, and yeah, he, something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And um, what happens is, is that um, Claremont and Deanna decide to head to America to her aunt's house, and 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 away from the shenanigans in Europe. And I, I think that why did they do that? Was it because? To, to hide, thinking that they weren't going to be found, or was it more for what, what was it? I th- well, there was another safety thing. Um, I don't think it was. Yeah, I think it was a safety thing. I think there was. I mean, the the house had had spell protections on it. Yeah, it was, it was, but at the same time, it was still kind of out of the way, so that it would take them a while to figure it out. So it was kind of a safe house for them. And it was also a time for her. It was a time for her. So she can remember this is her aunt. So she actually trusts her as well. And so in other words, so if she trusts her, then Matthew could trust her. And so they decided to go there and then her aunt can kind of help 
reteach her or teach her some of the ba- uh, some of the her old you know the her family's powers again. Because I think that's one of the main reasons why is that she realized, okay, I have to learn, you know, my how to use my powers, and the only people that I know I can trust to do that is my aunt. Right. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and and they are very timid at first because they don't trust the Claremonts. No. No, they don't. Uh, but they they've eventually ex- accepted and, and whatnot, um, and and so that's where she's learning her powers, and um, what happens is she uh, eventually, um, well, actually, you know what happens that the the original concubine for for Michael right I forget, uh, is sent to basically assassinate. Or, or, or something. Uh, Diana, or, or even, or even Matthew. Assassinate Diana. Yeah. Yeah, and that almost works because it is the exact same scene where she tra- teleports into the barn. Right. That's that's the, that's the scene. Right. That, that this happens. Yeah. Um, There's one other yeah. group that we haven't talked about either: the Knights of Lazarus that um, oh, Matthew yeah. is in charge of. And he actually yes. is able to order his, would you call him his brother? Yeah. Around, um, even though that guy's the one that's in charge of the vampire, one of the factions in the congregation, which I thought was pretty interesting. Because it was their own little, um, if you will, fraternity. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. And yeah, and he calls this out. It was, it was to be honest... I, I felt it was a little of a do ex machina. Yeah, a little because, bit. You know, because it was something that hadn't been used in years, and he suddenly calls it out, and and they're forced to obey and stuff. But you know, it's it it still works in the plot, even if if it felt a little bit as a do ex machina. I felt. Um. And then the time travel, I forget how she learns how she, she figures out that she can do time travel. Because she learns how to fly. And uh, because, you know, the finished one definitely can. And then she figures out how to do it. But then, then she learns the time thing. And I forget how she learns Wasn't that. it from a book or something that she was looking at? Yeah, I think you may be right. But I can't remember. She was studying something in the house. And that's she kept right. going over it, and that's how she was learning new things. And they they were weren't they like we need to start at the beginning. You need to start learning things, and right. they start trying to teach her. And somehow she comes across that spell to do the time travel. I can't remember exactly what it's in. Right, right, that's right. And now let's talk about uh, the the demon and her and uh, and the witch or, or or that couple that comes to her. And they have this 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 little statuette thing. What, what was that? Yeah, about? yeah. Explain we, all that. What what do we got here? Well, it was some kind of huntress, wasn't it? And yeah. Kind of looked like her. Right. And but that's we don't have much about it. We just know she, that girl. The 
is supposed to give it to her. Well, she doesn't know who she's supposed to give it to, but she says she know she'll know it when she sees her or something, and she figures out that it's it's Diana, and so she goes to give her the the statue. Right. When she starts hearing about Diana's history, I think it is. Right, right. But we really don't know what it is or why why it needs to go to her, or what it's going to do. Right. We we do know that if this woman could see Diana as the person that is supposed to get this oracle or whatever type of thing it's supposed to represent, that Diana is going to be a transformative figure within the supernatural community, I think. Well, and wasn't Matthew linked to that statue, the little statue? Somehow, yeah. Isn't it like some kind of chess piece or something? Oh, yeah, yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, maybe that's the reason why they're going to go back into the Dark Ages or whatever. Because maybe it has something to do, that piece has something to do with that era from, you know, 600 yeah. years ago. Or, yeah. or whatever, whenever it is they're going to go back. Actually, I'm wondering if they're even going to go back even further than that. I'm thinking it could go back 1,000 AD or something when the Norse and, and the Teutonics and the Germans and all that. Yeah, I'm very curious. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. season two is already done, right? So yeah, yeah. So we're gonna find <laughs> out. Out. Yeah, yeah. I mean that. That yeah. I mean since we're jumping around, um, yeah. So the cliffhanger is that Deanna. And Matthew, I'm going to teleport back or time jump back to an era of Matthew's suggestion. And we're not sure 100% why that error is important, but it has something to do with um, The, the, you know the whole plot. It could be something to do with the book when the book was written. It could be something to do with um, when Matthew was turned into a vampire. It could be something to do with this chess piece that we're, we're you know you mentioned Barrett. It could it could be some, or, or, but also it's partially to some to to hide from the Satu and you know and the rest of them too. Yeah. I don't know. What was your 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 guys' thoughts? Why do they want a time jump, and why do they want a time I think, jump? To well, they're trying to time. time jump to get away from all this and be left alone for a little bit. Uh, yeah, I think it was time jump. Um, there was something about that chess piece because that, I mean that was his chess piece. That he either, I think he lost in a bet, like he lost while gambling or something like that. Um, but then I think there was something significant about that particular time period. But I think a lot of it was also, yeah, but mostly I think it was they'll be safe and she can work on her uh, abilities. Right. That, that's a fair point, too. Yeah, because she would be able to um, work on her, her skills with uh, or at least they think without being molested in a sense. But I don't know. I mean, maybe back then there's as many witches and crap that, and bad people too. But, uh, um, 
Also, I'm, I'm curious if Knox or Satu will figure a way to time uh, jump as well, since they're witches too. Thoughts? Do you think? Do you think anybody from the present? The, the only reason are gonna go, the, the only way they can jump, okay, is that if they had if they they knew the year. I thought it was if they knew the area well, but they also had something uh, a possession of the person. Um, that they're just, that's why they needed that chess piece. Yeah, because, that helps them go back. Because it helps them go back, because he said the last time he saw that chess piece was way back in the 1700s. So if he had that chess piece, he can focus on that chess piece and, and when he lost it. I think it's further back than the 1700s. I think we're going back even to the 1500s or something like that. Well, a couple hundred years ago, yeah. Yeah. Right, right. Now, do you think in season two they're going to jump back and forth between time, meaning the characters of Matthew and Diana, or do you think they're just going to have Matthew and Diana in the past in this alternate time, and then the other characters they'll still follow, but we'll we'll have them you know in present day. I think they're going to start out in the past and it may move forward into the present day later on in the season. But I also think they're going to get chased into the past by some of the people that are after them. Yeah. I'm thinking it's going to be similar to, uh, this is just a guess, but I think it's going to be a little bit of what you just said, which is some of the people in the present are going to chase them in the past. But I also think it's going to go back and forth throughout the episodes. Well, I was like, just saying, I was going to amend like what I God said. Father Park, too. Okay. Yeah, I was going to amend what I said, because at the very end, isn't she left and he's gone? No. no or is it the both, reverse? It, it neither. They, there was, uh, at the end of the show, he, uh, they're just about to jump, and just as they're about to jump, they hear the, the crash or whatever. And don't both of them look back and he doesn't, I, I, I don't remember him jumping. I, I thought it was just one of them that jumped and not both of them. I, um, you might be right. I don't know. I'm, but I'm not positive. I'm not positive. Yeah. I'm not positive either. Yeah, that is, that's a good question. Now, now, now I'm, I'm, I'm confused too, because, because basically what happened for folks who are listening to this podcast is that we, we all watched the show about a month ago and we were, we were planning to do an episode on it back then, but then we got sidetracked doing the Lovecraft country weekly. Um, and we put this on the back burner until that show ended. Um, so that may be some of the reason why our remembrance may be forgetful for basically the, the cliffhanger of, of the entire show. <laughs> um, I'm actually going to try and pull it up so I can see what that last scene looks like. Right, right. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm trying to see, see because uh, I look at Wiki, and uh, they only have the first four episodes uh, synops have with synopsis, and then the season they just have a premise. They don't have the plot. Right, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's kind of weird. 
That's what I thought. Yeah. Um, so, uh, what else? Uh, so, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm thinking it, it'll be like a going back and forth between the past and present. Um, I'm not, I'm not, I'll be curious to see if they, I hope it's, I don't, I don't know how it's going to be. I, I, I don't want it to be Romanish, but I, I wouldn't mind seeing that the, the German or the Valkyrie, you know, the, the Viking type stuff, but the medieval would be kind of cool too. So I don't know. Yeah. Um, all right. Uh, any other items that we want to bring up before we start wrapping it up? We've been recording about two hours now. Um, any, anything that was on anybody's list that they forgot they or not forgotten, but they, they just haven't brought up yet. Okay, I was just looking at the scene. If I can get it back. Okay, so they're standing together and then the door throws open and then it shows her turning around but does not show him. But it's a more of a close up on her. So it's really hard to tell what they're trying to show there. But you don't see him. You only see her. Right. Right. So and and depending on whether or not he she's holding him will determine whether or not he jumps with her. Yeah, exactly. Right. And so the cliffhanger really is a cliffhanger in the sense that we it not only leaves them jumping in, in past. Oh, wait. Okay. I got, I got it better it? even. So it shows where they are in this room. And so then it, it goes to her. And instead of the fireplace and stuff being behind her, there's candles in a room that looks different and you don't see him. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So the background is completely, or looks completely different. There's these candles, and there's no fireplace. Yeah, you should look at it, because it's an interesting right. interesting uh, switchover. And it's hard to tell, really, what uh, what's right. happening. <laughs> also, the... Heard that as uh, as we discussed, the the time jump also is like a te- teleport. So even though she's ta- teleport, I mean time jumping to the past, she can time jump to the past in Europe, even though she's doing it from upstate New York. Right. Exactly. Yep. Or or, or I should say, or I should say, central central New York. Yeah. Um, because she's near the near the Finger Lakes. Um, so she's so, yeah. for sure she's for sure teleported, but we're not sure about him because you don't see him with her, and she's not holding his hand. So right, and you and you assume it's the past because there's a bunch of candles behind yeah, her rather than exactly. Yeah. Yep. All right. Interesting. I had to look at yeah. that because I I remember being like wow, but I I think I looked at it even closer now than I, when I was watching it. <laughs> Right, very well. Okay, uh, Kevin. Any any further things that you wanted to bring up that that, that we we missed? Um, I'm sure we all missed something, but it's been a while since we saw it, so uh, I'm I'm trying to remember more of it. I mean, one thing I would I would mention is uh, like people like uh, Phil's wife would probably recognize uh, Matthew from Downton Abbey. That's right. Yeah, yeah Matthew's, Matthew's in good. that too. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah I she, forgot all about that. He became Lady Mary's second husband. Um, and yes, I've watched Downton Abbey. I watched all of Downton Abbey, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. Um, what else was there? Uh, I mean, nothing else comes to mind. I, like I said, I really enjoyed this show. You know, it's not action packed, but I don't think it was meant to be. And oh, the one thing that that I did find kind of interesting was when when the whole issue with um, the friend who you know who turned her back on uh, um, you know on Diana so she can kind of get accepted. Um, you know, she does say uh, something like, you know, wow, what was it, Matthew? you admitted that, yeah, he did attack her, but then he, he kind of goes on saying, you know, I'll do, he, he sounded almost like I'll do anything for you. You know, I'll, I'll attack anybody, you know, all that sort of thing. And I'm thinking to myself, this guy, this guy is like making a vow, like I'll get violent, you know, for you if I have to. And it, it, that kind of sounded a little scary to me. Um, but one other thing that I noticed about the the character, the guy that plays Matthew, that I was impressed with was that earlier, like earlier in this in the um, earlier in the season, there's one scene where he is. I remember what they were doing. She was jogging or something like that, and he confronts her about something, and you're still not sure whether or not you can really trust him or not. And at one point, he kind of has this this I'm about to tear you limb from limb look on his face. And he just says, leave me alone. Never talk to me. You know, it's almost like he, he had this very, very strong desire to attack her, like physically attack her, not, um, yeah, like physically attack her, drink her blood, that sort of thing. And, but he doesn't, he didn't want that to, to control him. So pretty much he just said, just leave me alone. Um, and for that, you know, it, the, the look on his face was like convincing. I thought I thought that was impressive. Yeah, yeah, I I, I agree that, that that was good. I, I like that whole uh, dynamic at the beginning, also with um, Matthew and Diana, where. Um, he has to fight his urge to, I guess, eat her in a sense. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Consume her. Yeah. And I forget what it is that makes him want crazy to eat her or, you know, suck her blood. I forget what it is. What, what, what is the thing? Because, you know, technically why does he want to do it? Then, but he doesn't other times or with other people. What what was it in that alley again when she was jogging that made him go nuts? Because something you know, about like, her scent, something about her scent, something about yeah. her. Oh, her heartbeat. Yeah, the fear. Yeah, yeah. her. She was That's, afraid. Yeah. Yeah, and he told her to slow her heart rate down. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We we learn that the blood tastes better. When the the prey is in fear, yeah, it's a, a predator instinct for him. 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there was that other scene when, when he goes hunting that deer, and the deer basically gives up. That was that was a pretty awesome scene too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I felt terrible that he didn't let the deer go. Um, well, and he went hunting because because of her, right? Because he was hungry now. <laughs> I mean, he went away to hunt. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Um, and then she she kind of eggs him on later too when when they're they're already becoming boyfriend girlfriend and and he kind of has to fight it once too he says don't do that yeah um let's see anything else kevin you wanted to bring up yes i mean because there there is that one point though where in order to save uh oh the the girl uh the ex-girlfriend whatever attacks matthew stabs him and the only way she knew that he can actually help save his life was to to let her drink his blood and you know she does and she does and he it it took a lot for him to stop because he was afraid that they were afraid that he was going to con- consume more than he, he was he needed that's all i remember about that right right Um, what else uh, do we want to talk about? Is there anything else? I mean, obviously we can continue a bunch of other smaller plots and stuff, but any any other big things that we missed before we wrap it up? Anything? All right. I I think we got the major beats that really affect the plot. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Yeah, and, and a good discussion of of the show for for people who are have seen the show. Never mind people who are curious to check out the show. Um, all right, so uh, let's uh, talk about our final thoughts on the um, series and and whatnot. So uh, let's uh, go with you, Barrett. I really enjoyed this this eight episodes. I'm really looking forward to season two. Um, there's a lot of area they can go and explore. Um, and there's a lot that they haven't explained that I'm looking forward to maybe getting more information about. Um, the acting is really well done. Um, cinematography is fine. It's more of a grayish tone to the, to the show. I think it's kind of a dark tone. Um, it's well worth watching. If you have a Shutter account, watch it. If you don't get a Shutter account, because Shutter is great to have. <laughs> All right, very good. Uh, yeah, for me, um, yeah, th- this show is really a good show. Uh, it's not necessarily um, the, sh- the shows I would usually gravitate to because it is dark fantasy, but but it, it was uh, great, great fun. Uh, makes me appreciate dark fantasy a lot more. And um, it's just a very compelling uh, story um, and whatnot. And I'm sure Kevin will bring it up when, when he gives his thoughts. But uh, uh, the location sets are fantastic. And I'll let, let uh, Kevin talk about that a little more. But, um, uh, yeah, I would highly recommend the show. Uh, this may be a perfect time to check it out, especially that uh, season two is coming out uh, just at the beginning of next next year, Q1, at some point. Now, the question is, will 
the U.S. and and various other nations get a chance to see the show as it originally is, or are we going to have to wait a year or, or six months or whatever because it is um, owned by uh, Sky and, and they're out of um, the U.K. and they may not have given the rights to for viewers in, in other countries to see it. But uh, fingers crossed that, that yeah, it'll become available in Q1 and, and at least I'll pre- prepare for it as such. And uh, so anybody who wants to see the show, this may be a perfect time to do so. Uh, so yeah, I, I recommend. Uh, I can say cover. that they already have an um, icon on Shudder for it saying coming soon for season two. Oh, good. Oh, oh. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, so that means that we're going to be able to get it probably immediately. Uh, now that the show is, is popular, um, they probably were able to sell the rights, the viewing rights, uh, pretty easily to uh, the Shutter and whatnot. So, yeah, that's good. Yeah. That means that means a lot of people are watching it uh, on Shutter. All right. Um, what about you, Kevin? Um. You know, like we were talking earlier, I really enjoyed this uh, this show. We it's uh, it was a big break for us, uh, like a rest um, while we were watching Lovecraft Country. Now, I am a I guess you could call it a an Anglophile. I'm an Anglophile and a Celtophile. Uh, I really enjoy both cultures. I've, I've been to England. I've been to actually, it's funny. I've been to England, and I've also been to uh, Venice, and where pretty much most of these scenes. I mean, most of this uh, has been ca- um, filmed. I mean, they have scenes from Oxford. I've never, I haven't been to Oxford, but I would love to visit it just because it's just history and the architecture and all that, and it just looks fantastic and like i said it's it i mean when they're in the oxford setting it's just gorgeous when they're in the um other setting the um the venice setting it's also really pretty because you're looking at old buildings old architecture well-kept architecture it's just um beautiful and that's just one of the things that really drew me in uh even just the library scenes um which was kind of interesting. Like one little added note that uh, every time she went into, every time Diana went into the library, um, there were more witches in there kind of hoping and waiting for her to, to take that book out. You know, it got to the point where, uh, you know, Matthew went in with her and he's like, yeah, you recognize her, him, him, her, you know, they, you realize that they're all witches. They're waiting for you to take that book out. Um, and yeah, there were other things about, uh, like the guy that was helping her, um, he was trying to get the book for her, but he couldn't. And it, it was, it was an interesting, it was an interesting side story, but, um, yeah, the setting was just gorgeous. I mean, I, I just, I, I don't know. I, you just, it's kind of hard to go wrong with, uh, old English, uh, old English architecture. Yep. Through that. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yeah. They they uh, they did a lot of the uh, filming in Wales as a stand-in for Oxford. Um, so um, a lot of folks who, who uh, have seen this show that you know, like a lot of people when they saw like um, uh, 
Lord of the Rings and and, and Game of Thrones. You know, they, they do expeditions to the where they film these locations because they're they're really incredible. Um, this this show is similar to that where the locations are absolutely incredible, um, and and it's uh, I would definitely love to check out this section of Wales that they did a lot of the fi- filming because it, it is a remarkable um, old old Europe. You know, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah. Um, so all right, so that's good. So uh, yeah, that's a uh, Discovery of Witches season one. Um, this is our, our quick two-hour review of, of the entire season. Um, maybe next year, uh, if uh, it comes out, maybe we'll do uh, episode weekly on on season two, depending on time and and interest. Uh, but either way, uh, the film is, or I should say, the TV show uh, stars Teresa uh, Palmer, uh, Matthew Good. And then uh, Owen Teal as a, as a major role, as well as a number of other uh, character actors that uh, we mentioned throughout. Um, it's available now on Shutter in the in the United States. Uh, I know we have a lot of listeners in Canada and Australia and um, the UK, along with other places like Finland and such. But uh, I'm not sure where the show can be seen there, but uh, just do uh, local research um, of your television stations. Um, And, uh, yeah, so uh, folks who are curious about us, once again, we're at the Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews, part of the Dark Discussions Network of Podcasts. Uh, Darkdiscussions.com is a website that has all new genres. So it has uh, uh, columns, uh, opinion pieces, uh, multiple podcasts, or I think over 30 podcasts, um, uh, release notices of, of uh, what's coming out, films, video games, whatnot, um, and so much more. Uh, we will be happy to uh, read your emails, so uh, send them over to us. Uh, go to the contact form on darkdiscussions.com or email us at darkdiscussions at aol.com. Um, also, uh, check out some of our other podcasts. Uh, the co-hosts on this podcast here can be heard on various podcasts over there. Uh, again, there's like over 30, but uh, to clarify, if you like myself, Barrett, or Kevin, uh, you can find us usually on podcasts such as The Undoing, a therapy session podcast about the HBO television series Undoing, starring Nicole Kidman and Hugh Grant. Um, also, we are on uh, Lovecraft Country, a, a podcast called A Travel Guide to Lovecraft Country, the podcast, uh, which is part of the network. Also, you can find uh, us um, on Dark Discussions podcast, which is a weekly podcast that uh, I'm a co-host of, and Barrett and Kevin have both joined uh, numerous times as, as um, sometime co-hosts, uh, because that podcast uh, was formed way back when um, I didn't even know Barrett and uh, Kevin happened to find us through uh, his connection with one of the co-hosts after the show had begun. Uh, But uh, they've joined us for uh, some book episodes as well as um, some films and stuff too. Um, So I hope that you guys join us on those. And of course, follow us uh, here on Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Review, which is generally a monthly to bi-monthly uh, podcast. 
Um, so I guess uh, with all that stated, uh, Kevin, why don't you lead us out? Okay. Thank you very much for sitting with us to uh, discuss a fun show called Discovery of Witches. Uh, we definitely hope to be able to cover season two with you. And uh, please stay tuned uh, for our next episode when we cover another fun show.